welcome to this new series of podcasts presented by the Melbourne Recital Centre. We're calling these Great Talks, and they're designed to help you enjoy the Recital Centre's concerts in their Great Performers series. I'm Graham Abbott, and today we're going to explore Our Place, a beautiful program of music for cello and guitar, presented by husband and wife team Slava and Sharon Gregorian. This will take place in the Elizabeth Murdoch Hall on Wednesday the 7th of April at 7.30pm. Sharon Gregorian is one of Australia's leading cellists. Her career has seen her play with all of the country's leading orchestras and chamber ensembles, and she recently concluded a seven-year tenure as the cellist in the Australian String Quartet. Her musical partnership with Slava Gregorian has enabled them to, together, explore intimate and beautiful music for cello and guitar. Slava Gregorian's performing and recording career has made him one of Australia's best-known and most highly respected musicians. His recordings have won numerous awards, and collaborations with the ensemble Sapphire and with his brother Leonard, also an acclaimed guitarist, have made him a household name in this country. Since 2010, Slava has also been the artistic director of the Adelaide Guitar Festival. To most of us, mentioning the guitar will immediately suggest either Spanish music and what is generally called classical guitar playing, or genres like country, jazz, pop and rock music, which all have the guitar as a core instrument. But the guitar's pedigree is much longer and far more broad than these corners of the musical world. For example, in the Baroque period, that period in European music covering roughly 1600 to 1750, the guitar was often used in chamber ensembles and even orchestras as a continuo instrument. Continuo is a form of accompaniment which is a hallmark of the Baroque. Composers of the period usually wrote a bass line under a melody, but it was expected that this bass line would be filled out or realised by an instrument which could play chords. The usual practice was to use whatever chord-playing instrument was at hand, a harpsichord, an organ, a lute, or a guitar. Sharon and Slava's concert starts with a sonata by Antonio Vivaldi from the early 18th century, which is a perfect example of this. About 700 works by Vivaldi are known today, the most frequently heard of which are his four or five hundred concertos. His large output of sacred works and operas is also starting to be better known. But it's often forgotten that Vivaldi also wrote many smaller scale works, including sonatas. There are about 50 sonatas for violin and continuo, which is to be expected considering the popularity of the violin in the early 18th century and the fact that Vivaldi was a master violinist and violin teacher. Less common were cello sonatas. The cello was normally relegated to supporting the continuo bass line in the Baroque. It was rarer for the cello to be featured as a soloist. But Vivaldi not only wrote cello concertos, but also about ten cello sonatas, one of which opens this great performer's concert. Vivaldi's concertos almost invariably follow a three-movement pattern, fast, slow, fast. But in this sonata, he follows the usual pattern for chamber works in this period. There are four movements, slow, fast, slow, fast. And in the fast movements, the composer makes it quite clear that he expects the cellist 
to be extremely agile. The writing for the cello is mostly in the upper part of the instrument's register, but Vivaldi occasionally requires the player to leap down to a note right near the bottom of the range. All the while, the guitar provides the supporting continuo accompaniment based on the bass line provided. From the 18th century, the program then moves right into the 20th, with music by the acclaimed Argentine composer Astor Piazzolla. Piazzolla's music often makes use of the tango, but in a guise which has become known as the Nuevo Tango, or New Tango. This goes far beyond the traditional tango dance form, and, much like composers did with the minuet in the 18th century or the waltz in the 19th, expands the dance into a musical work in its own right. Chopin did the same with dances like the mazurka and the polonaise. Sometimes Piazzolla's tangos suggest elements of jazz. At other times, the forms seem more classical. But whatever the result, there's no doubting this unique composer's skill in creating catchy, sensuous sounds. One of Piazzolla's most famous works is Histoire du Tango, History of the Tango, written in 1986, just a few years before his death. Originally scored for flute and guitar, it's now played by many different instrumental combinations. There are four movements which chart the history of the tango over the 20th century, from a bordello in Buenos Aires in 1900 to a modern-day concert. In this modern-day concert, Sharon and Slava will perform the second movement, called Café 1930. Piazzolla provided a short description of his aims in each movement, and his description of Café 1930 is simple and to the point. Coming after the tango as danced in a brothel in 1900, he writes of this movement, This is another age of the tango. People stopped dancing it as they did in 1900, preferring instead simply to listen to it. It became more musical and more romantic. This tango has undergone total transformation. The movements are slower, with new and often melancholy harmonies. Tango orchestras come to consist of two violins, two concertinas, a piano and a bass. The tango is sometimes sung as well. Piazzolla manages to capture a wistful mood in this little gem, not really melancholy, but a real sense of calm and, to use his word, romantic feeling. What might be easy to miss is the fact that he does this using two of the most classical of all musical devices, key and form. The music starts in the minor key, then moves to the major in the middle section. After this, the minor key melody returns for the last section. This structure, ABA, is called ternary form. The return of the familiar key and melody in the second A section provides a sense of familiarity and almost comfort. Piazzolla manages it all so seamlessly that what remains at the end is the sensation, the mood, and that's really all that matters. Some years ago, I found myself in, of all places, Las Vegas. I was privileged to be accompanying a group of Australian music lovers on a tour of the United States, during which we attended concerts and operas from coast to coast. In Las Vegas, we saw two performances at a beautiful, recently completed performing arts venue called the Smith Centre, 
which was, thankfully, far away from the gaudy, noisy bling of the strip. One of the concerts was a program of South American music, and the five performers were a who's who of their respective fields. Yo-Yo Ma, cello, Catherine Stott, piano, the Brazilian guitarist brothers Sergio and Odair Assad, and the phenomenal American percussionist Joseph Gramley. It was a concert of amazing beauty and virtuosity in which no one musician was the star. Every one of them was a star. The Assad brothers have been playing together for decades, setting new benchmarks for virtuosity and musicianship in their performance of music for two guitars, a great deal of which they've commissioned from many different composers. More recently, Sergio Assad has composed music of his own, and this concert continues with a work by him. In 1986, Sergio Assad composed a work for two guitars, which others suggested paid homage to the music of Antonio Carlos Jobim, a Brazilian composer, pianist and arranger. Assad commented that such a connection was unintentional, but it led him to title the piece Jobiniana No. 1. This was followed over the next few years by three more Jobiniana pieces. Number two is the flute and guitar, Number three is for guitar solo, and number four, which is in this great performance concert, is for cello and guitar. It dates from 2001. In this captivating single movement piece lasting seven minutes, Assad traverses a wide range of moods, with both instruments absolute equals in the musical conversation. There are sections which clearly suggest the ambience of energetic jazz, preceded and followed by more serious almost meditative passages. The master guitarist-composer seems intent on taking us on an intriguing journey, and to my mind, he succeeds completely. To the best of my knowledge, Maurice Ravel wrote no music for guitar, but he did write wonderfully for the cello in his orchestral and chamber works. At this point in the program, we'll hear perhaps what might have been in Slava Grigorian's arrangement of Ravel's 1907 Song Without Words, the piece in the form of a habanera. Originally for voice, without text, and piano, and called a vocalise étude, this is one of Ravel's works which is infused with the spirit of Spain. It was composed to be part of a collection of vocal exercises, or vocalises, compiled by a singing teacher at the Paris Conservatoire. Since then, its hypnotic, seductive rhythms have been arranged for almost every conceivable combination of musical forces, but as you'll hear, it seems tailor-made for cello and guitar. From the familiar to the new, and the first performance of a brand new work. Anne Corse is a composer based in Adelaide, and she's developed a fine reputation as a composer of both vocal and instrumental music. In recent years, she's fulfilled commissions for new works from the Adelaide Chamber Singers, a number of prominent solo singers, the Adelaide and Melbourne Symphony Orchestras, the Australian String Quartet, and many other organisations. She's currently on the staff of the Elder Conservatorium at the University of Adelaide. Her new work, Grounded, was commissioned by Slava and Sharon Grigorian and receives its first performance in this concert at the Melbourne Recital Centre. The work grew out of the experiences of the Grigorian family during the COVID-19 lockdowns of 2020. 
For two busy travelling musicians with a very young child, the opportunity to unpack their suitcases and actually put them away for a while proved to be enormously positive. The time spent at home, together, as a family, had benefits for each of them. Thus, the work's title, Grounded, isn't at all negative. They weren't stuck at home. The family became more grounded and stable, with huge benefits for little Sebastian. Anne Kors, herself a mum, picked up on this immediately. Her music for Slava and Sharon reflects a journey from being initially lost and a bit aimless to finding more stability and cohesion. It reminds us of the need to try and find that silver lining in times of difficulty. If Ravel's piece in the form of a habanero is a standard work of its kind from the early 20th century, then Spiegel im Spiegel by the Estonian composer Arvo Pärt must surely be the equivalent work from the European minimalists of the 1970s. Originally composed for violin and piano in 1978, Pärt himself arranged the violin part for the cello. Since then, it's been played by every conceivable instrument. In this program, we hear Slava Grigorian's arrangement for cello and guitar. The German title can be translated as Mirrors in the Mirror, and it's one of the most famous examples of what has come to be known as Pärt's Tintinabula style. From the Latin Tintinabulum, meaning bell, this style of music is marked by tones which seem to hang in the air, like the resonance of bells. The bell-like quality in Spiegel im Spiegel is evident in both the accompaniment and the melody. Both seem timeless, eternal. The effect on the astute listener is exactly the same. Slava and Sharon's program concludes with three more works which Slava has arranged for cello and guitar. Mario Laguinha is one of the best-known jazz musicians in Portugal. His prolific discography includes the album Espazo, released in 2007. Tanto Espazo is a beautiful track from that album, with an endless melody which almost seems to have been written with the cello in mind. The Portuguese title means so much space. Published in 1912, the 12 tonadillas of Enrique Granados are a collection of songs for voice and piano. They deliberately evoke an older style of music. The composer calls them tonadillas in an old style. A tonadilla was a type of song with a theatrical origin, popular in the 18th century, and Slava has taken five of these little gems and arranged them in a short suite for cello and guitar. American cellist and composer Mark Summer is perhaps best known for being a member of the Turtle Island Quartet for 30 years, from 1985 to 2015. His career spans classical orchestral playing to jazz and rock and everything in between, and his virtuosity on the cello is legendary. To conclude this great performance program, Slava and Sharon will play one of Summer's best-known pieces, Julio. Originally for unaccompanied cello, the composer himself has made a number of arrangements, including versions for two cellos and for cello and violin. Slava takes these a step further in an arrangement for cello and guitar, a version happily sanctioned by Summer, providing a perfect end to this delightful program. 
I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Slava and Sharon Gregorian's concert called Our Place is at the Elizabeth Murdoch Hall at the Melbourne Recital Centre on Wednesday the 7th of April at 7.30pm. You can find out more and book tickets online at melbournerecital.com.au. There'll be more great talks with me, Graham Abbott, introducing future great performers concerts presented by the Melbourne Recital Centre. Thanks for supporting live music performed in your city by your musicians. Mm-hmm.